Okay, this is the Believer's Meeting, July 16th, 2022. And let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is part two of Living in the Last Days. Uh, we began this a few weeks ago and we're just getting back to it. So we want to continue uh, on here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 where Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, prophetically sees all the way to the end of the age and prophesies uh, the characteristics of society in the last days. And we are now here. We are now here at this point that uh, Paul looked down through history uh, and wrote about here, and we have now arrived at that place. Uh, every time we turn on the news, we are reeling from the lunacy, the nonsense, the poison, and the absurdities uh, that take place in society. The time has come for God's people to be informed prepared and not caught off guard to navigate, overcome, and thrive in this environment. So when he says, this know also, he's saying uh, this is something, this is not a casual uh, phrase. He's saying you definitely, emphatically, categorically need to know with absolute certainty that at the very end of days when uh, he goes on to say, in the last days, which is the word uh, eschatos, which uh, where, where we get the word eschatology, it means the ultimate end of a thing. When you have gone as far on the ship as you can go, the last port of call, uh, that's this word eschatos. When you've come to the very end, then uh, he's given us a very specific time frame in which these societal issues uh, are going to escalate and rapidly come on the scene. Now, uh, what he's going to list here, uh, these various characteristics of society have always been here since yeah. Adam and Eve. They've always been here to, to some degree. But he's saying in the last of the last days, these characteristics are going to become prominent and they're going to escalate and they're going to be um, more prominent than they have been before. He says, perilous times shall come. And then he proceeds to describe what will be commonplace in society and in the culture at the very end of the church age. Now this word perilous is only used one other time in the New Testament. It means dangerous, high risk, treacherous, injurious or hurtful, uncontrollable and unpredictable. So this specific time known as the last days, this generation will stand in the middle of uncontrollable, unpredictable, hurtful, treacherous, menacing times that will be emotionally difficult for people to bear. 
and we're already witnessing some of this in society. Now, I'm going to read uh, some verses here. I'm going to kind of read this whole passage, and then we'll just take a couple of verses today to talk about. But I want to read kind of this whole little discourse that he writes here, and I want to read it in the Passion Translation. He says, But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these exclamation mark. <laughs> for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. History has given us an example of this with the Egyptian sorcerers, Janus and Jambres, who stood against Moses in their arrogance. So it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts, standing against the truth of God. I think this is, if, if you had to, um, if you had to kind of make one general statement about society and even uh, society as a whole, and even some churches have gotten sucked into this, um, there is um, an unwillingness to accept the truth, an unwillingness to accept the truth of God's word, an intolerance, yes. an intolerance for God's word as absolute truth. Um, they will, they, but they will not advance, for everyone will see their madness, just as they did with Janus and Jambres. But the evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving, as they lead people further from the truth. Now, in verse, um, verse 1, uh, we talked about how he said this is something you absolutely need to know. In the last days, these perilous times will come. Um, Confusion, uncivil behavior, chaotic nonsense, 
uh, one of the doctors, one of the honest doctors, who actually treated COVID patients, not uh, these doctors that have been bureaucrats for 30 years, but doctors who actually see patients and actually treat patients on a daily basis. And they actually read the scientific publications. Uh, one of these doctors said, when you see absurdities, you know you are following a false narrative. Wow. When you see absurdities, you know you are following a false narrative. The blasphemous entertainment coming out of Hollywood, perversion in schools being forced on children, behind the parents' back, jaw-dropping decisions being handed down by courts, only confirm that we are at the end of the age. Now in verse 2, Paul begins to list some of these characteristics that are going to be prominent in society in the last of the last days. And the Holy Spirit is drawing our attention to this, not to scare us, but to prepare us, and so that we are not drawn in, we are not sucked in, and we are not gradually conformed uh, into this uh, society, and we don't blend in with it. We don't, uh, we don't conform to the world around us. So he's placing emphasis on something very specific, and this is not optional for a believer. It's an urgency about being aware of these characteristics of the end time culture so that we're not taken by surprise and we're prepared and we can protect ourselves by knowing what the Bible teaches. We're not caught off guard because God's already told us this is what society's going to be like in the last of the last days. The first thing he mentions is, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, this phrase, men shall be lovers of their own selves, is a translation from the Greek word philos, which means love, attraction, or fondness for someone else, and altos, which means oneself. So philos, where we get the word Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, philos, love. This is philaltos, love of one's self. Now there's nothing wrong with loving ourself, um, and, but what he's talking about here is something more than just having good self-esteem. This goes beyond having good self-esteem. This is a preoccupation or one in love with and consumed with himself. One preoccupied with their own selfish desires and self-interest. And this uh, self-love um, is completely out of balance. It is the self-absorbed generation. Uh, and when this self-love becomes the foundation, and, and this is, and you have a flawed foundation, then everything else that you build on that foundation is going to be skewed and out of and out of balance because the foundation is flawed. Now this, I found this very interesting. It says, men shall be lovers of their own selves. I looked up the word shall be. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Guess what the word shall be means in Greek? 
I am. I am. The last of the last day's generation will be known as the I am generation. Wow. What does that tell you? Wow. Look at how they live their lives. An excessive interest and admiration of oneself. People who are in love with themselves. They are the center of their universe. We already see this being demonstrated on a daily basis, and the Holy Spirit alerts us that this is going to be an epidemic proportions in the last day society, and we're, we're already seeing it. Uh, my rights, my opinions, my way, me first. Yes. And we have never seen such an entitlement mentality in society as we see now. My rights, my opinions, my way, my needs, my wants. My house. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 22, when asked which is the great commandment, Jesus said, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Uh, then the Amplified Bible says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good of others. Now that's exactly the opposite of the me first yes. uh, mentality. It's exactly the opposite. The I am generation describes individuals and society as a whole whose self-interest is placed before God and before everyone else. Their first loyalty is to themselves, which is exact reverse of what Jesus just uh, taught. Because of this uh, self-absorbed, self-focused, excessive interest and admiration of oneself, selfishness will be the dominant theme in society. And I mean, uh, really, this social media has just opened the door for this to be rampant. Selfies. By yeah, it, self it's selfies. Kind of a dazzle thing, mm. and you think if you're not in it, you know, it's sort of pull. Mm. Mm. I can, you know, as you're speaking to me, I can see how it's affected me, and I have to say, what is that? You know, mm. don't want to go away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be drawn into that. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm. it's trying to get everybody, mm. to, you know, by some means or another, their attention mm. off the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, self selfies, you yeah. know, putting posting yourself on Facebook, left, right, and center. You yes, know what? Yes, I, like, like people now. want, people want yeah, to know that I went shopping today. People, I went shopping. I, I uh, went on a picnic. I got a new dog. Me, 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 and it's all on Facebook. Like people want to know, you know, about you. Like you're so important. Everybody wants to know you got a dog. You know. So this, is, this uh, social media has really opened the door for this to flourish. Uh, people who are self-absorbed are going to make a lot of wrong decisions, and it will be a time of danger and harm. Uh, I think if you had to choose a, just one characteristic, probably, of the end-time uh, generation would be worldwide deception worldwide deception and we need to make sure that we are not deceived and that we are not part 
of this crowd. The second characteristic that he uh, mentions here in the end time society is covetous. Now this also is uh, covetous is the King James translation of the Greek word phil argurus. Philos, again, love, argurus, silver or money. Love of money. Uh, not just having money, but loving money. The Passion Translation says obsessed with money. So people who are self-absorbed in love with themselves, they're going to take care of themselves before anybody else. The Living Bible says, for people will love only themselves and their money. People will love only themselves and their money. They don't make any sacrifices for themselves nor anyone else. They will invest more in themselves than in anything or anyone else. Their, the handling of their finances and all their decisions revolves around them. Proverbs 27.20 says, Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Because they are self-absorbed, they crave more and more uh, trying to fulfill their desires with worldly things, but to no avail. Uh, the voice translation brings this out. It says, neither the grave nor destruction is ever satisfied. The desires of people are never totally fulfilled. You cannot meet spiritual needs with carnal things. You just can't do it. But that's what the world does. They, they try to fill this vacuum that only God can fill. They try to fill it with worldly, carnal things. Uh, and it's never enough. Just like it said here, hell and... Hell and it becomes uh, like an obsession, doesn't it? Yeah. Because the spirit of it gets in yeah. to you, and then you want everything you see, you think you should have that. Yeah, yeah, and that you're entitled to it. Yeah, you know. You see and yeah. if I can't afford it, take it from somebody else and give it to me. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, he goes on to mention boasters. Boasters. This is also translated a vagabond or an imposter. Uh, I came across this description in a Greek word study. This was interesting. Uh, what the King James Version uh, calls a boaster, it says a wandering, a wandering vagrant boasting to anyone who is foolish enough to take him seriously. This kind of person claims many things he can't really do. So he must always keep moving on to new naive listeners. This Greek word, alazon, tends to focus on the source of the empty boasting, i.e. the sinful arrogance that drives it. So this describes someone who will exaggerate a story or achievements to the point of lying in order to get a promotion, right. to promote themselves. Yes. Uh, now the, the modern day terminology for this, what the King James 
version uh, translates as boasters. The modern terminology today is what we call moral relativism or situational ethics. There are, the, in these people, there are no fixed moral absolutes. There's no absolute right or wrong. It's only what I perceive to be right is right. It's only what I perceive to be wrong is wrong. It's, it's only, uh, it may be uh, wrong for you, but it's right for me because, uh, you know. Yes, I, I, I just uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I determine uh, there is no God, there is no uh, fixed moral absolutes. It's all moving and fluid. Uh, and according to the situation, uh, I will judge whether it's right or wrong. If, if it's to my advantage, then it's okay for me to do it. Um, and this is what we, we, in this current day, we call moral relativism. Depending on the situation, it's not wrong if it advances your position. The one's moral code is floating and it can be changed as necessary as the yeah. situation uh, dictates. It's up to each individual to decide what is right and wrong according to the situation. Lying is not wrong for you and cheating is not wrong for you if it results in a promotion. Uh, the message translation actually uses the word self-promoting. Instead of boaster, self-promoting. Um, just because it's wrong for you to do doesn't mean it's wrong for somebody else because for them According to their godless, floating moral code, it's not wrong. So for these people, right and wrong is not based on biblical truth, but on the moral norms of the culture at the time in which it is practiced. And we're seeing this absolute epidemic proportions in society around us. In societies where the Bible is not the standard of absolute truth, Anything goes according to each individual in any given situation. And this is what we're, we currently call moral relativism or situational ethics. The King James uh, calls it boasters. The uh, message translators call it self-promoting. There are, there are people who put lies on their CVs. They claim they've gone to universities they've never gone to. They claim they've, they've uh, achieved things they've never achieved. Um, my brother-in-law came across, he was looking through some CVs for, I don't know, uh, applications for something. I don't know, maybe it was a Master of Business Administration program or something. I don't remember what it was. Um, and somebody put down that they went to some university and he actually looked it up and the place doesn't even exist. Um, and this happens all the time. And now how many people actually, how many yes. professors yes. would actually take the time to, to check up uh, on yeah. people's uh, yeah. applications? Nine out of 10 of them wouldn't bother. They'd just look at it and pitch it to the side. And he actually started looking up some of their uh, claims and the university didn't even exist. It was a fake diploma and this is rampant this is absolutely rampant but most people would not bother to, to do their homework and check up this happens all the time and this philosophy is currently being taught to an entire generation of children men and women 
verse 2 continues. Uh, the next characteristic, the Holy Spirit prophesied, would be prominent in the last days, is proud. The King James uses the word proud. Uh, from the Greek word hooper ephanos, hooper being above or superior, phanos means to be manifested. So uh, other translations use the word arrogant. That's probably the uh, a good modern word uh, we would use. It's just people who are arrogant. These are the global elites. The Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, the Blairs, the Zuckerbergs, and the Dr. Fauci's of this world. These haughty, arrogant, progressive thinkers see themselves as intellectually sophisticated, above the law of the land, and superior to the rest of the crowd. Uh, this is rampant. It's rampant in, in the news media. It's rampant in the corporate world. It's rampant in the government. It's rampant uh, in the business world. Mandating rules, setting the agenda and the moral code for society and the entire world. They make one set of laws for themselves and another set for the lower primitive masses. This is the whole philosophy of uh, uh, all these people driving this liberal world order uh, this World Economic Forum, uh, the Great Reset is, is filled with these people. The people right at the very top organizing all, all these people and then it trickles down to the, uh, uh, through the politicians, the business world, uh, uh, United Nations, World Health Organization, all these, uh, they all they, they need all these people lower down to cooperate and come on board. Uh, and, and we're seeing this uh, every day. Uh, politicians, corporate executives, judges, billionaire cultural Marxists make up this elite group who see themselves as champions of enlightened thought. And in a condescending way, they see themselves above everybody else and set out to destroy those who disagree with them. This is how God sees these high-minded global elites. Proverbs 21.4 in the contemporary English version says, evil people are proud and arrogant, but sin is the only crop they produce. Psalm 119 verse 21 in the Amplified Classic says, you rebuke the proud and arrogant. The, uh, the accursed ones who err and wander from your commandments. If this doesn't describe these people today, I don't know what does. I mean, God's already, you know, God was already talking about these people thousands of years ago. He, yeah. he saw this all in advance. Yeah. In order for reformation of the culture to occur, these proud, arrogant people must be removed from these pillars of societal influence and replaced by God-fearing people. Uh, verse 2 is, is long. Boy, it's, it's verse 2. We haven't even got off verse 2 yet. He's still going. Um, he mentions blasphemers. This is from the Greek word uh, blapto to injure, theme 
speech, injurious speech, speech that injures. Uh, this is not limited to, to blaspheming God or blaspheming the divine. It describes slanderous, abusive speech and degrading accusations against those with whom one does not agree. Uh, this is rampant on social media. Uh, this is cancel culture uh, 101. This is cancel culture 101. If they don't, if you say something that this uh, elite uh, corporate uh, elites don't agree with, the ones that have set themselves uh, as setting the moral code for society and setting the agenda, you say anything they don't agree with, you are canceled, you are uh, labeled as a hate speech, slanderous, uh, they slander you, they abuse you. It includes any derogatory, nasty, ugly speech to defame, injure, or harm another's reputation. These arrogant, proud, high-minded blasphemers make up the intolerant intelligentsia who accuse those that disagree with their godless worldview of being intolerant. And this is already epidemic in society because these people see themselves as intellectually advanced. They view others as primitive or resistant to progress or change. And they will mock, slander, and speak ill of them. And it's even coming to a more uh, serious uh, look at the prime reprisals. Minister, look at the prime minister, what's happened there? Yeah. I mean, they literally kicked him into the street. I know I'm being sort of verbal, but mm, I could mm, see it in the spirit realm. Mm, mm, it was so that they could get in, mm, you know, mm, because they think, I can do it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all about that, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. They hunted that unfortunate man. Whether he was good, bad, or indifferent isn't the point. Mm, mm, the point mm. is they wanted his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was suddenly very clear, and I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Like as if there was no respect for mm -hmm. people, you know, mm -hmm. like the Prime Minister of England, let's mm -hmm. face that. Mm -hmm. I was horrified. Yeah. I thought these people are vulgar. Mm -hmm. So really, you, you're telling me what's happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And. And the, the people that these people are going after are uh, conservative, Bible-believing Christians, which is us. This is the people that they're going after. Now, I recently heard A new term, uh, which uh, is called Christophosist. Christophosist. This is a new word being thrown around now by these uh, proud blasphemers. They're they're calling uh, Bible-believing Christians who believe the Bible is absolute truth and we have traditional values. Now they're, dis they're labeling us as Christo-Fascist. Now this is a derogatory term that claims 
evangelical Christians have merged with Fossism, creating a toxic influence which is a danger to society. So now we, 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 are, uh, we have become the danger to society because we're not uh, following the herd and we're not, we, we disagree with their godless moral codes and so forth. So now they're, yeah. they're labeling us as, uh, yeah. as the uh, danger to society and we have to be silenced. It is hostility towards anyone who advocates public prayer, the right of Israel to exist, and the Bible as the only source of absolute truth. It is hostility and intolerance towards anyone who is against abortion, homosexuality, and same-sex marriage. In the last of the last days, people will begin to speak things that would previously have been unthinkable in movies, TV, and by elected officials. Uh, I saw, um, this was a clip from February 26, 2021. It was um, out there on YouTube when Congress in America was debating what the so-called Equality Act, which is actually the Inequality Act, um, this was brought up in the U.S. Congress, and uh, a uh, congressman from Florida stood up, and he was reading from the Bible where God speaks against uh, these uh, um, things in society, alternative lifestyles, and so forth that are contrary to the Word of God. Obviously, God loves these people. He doesn't hate these people, he loves them, but it's a destructive lifestyle, and this is why God's against it. He loves people, he doesn't want them destroying themselves. Uh, and this congressman from Florida stood up and was reading from the Bible about um, how God has, has uh, forbidden this, these lifestyles, and uh, because it's destructive. And after that, a congress from, congressman from New York stood up, and this is what he said. What any religious tradition describes as God's will is of no concern of this congress. What any religious tradition describes as God's will is of no concern of this Congress. Oh, how frightening, Bob. That is really like... Now, um... To think that they would have the nerve, that's what I'm saying. In public, yeah, in public. That. No, knowing that it was being uh, videoed, yeah, knowing it was going to go public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blasphemy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, and the boldness, the boldness of these people. The cheek of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is this is this is rampant. This, this is, is just rampant. Yeah, this is the arrogance. Yes, yeah. Saying, yeah, the arrogance that someone would was and no fear of God. That is absolutely shocking. No, no fear of God. I mean, it, this this man has no idea of the mercy of God that he wasn't just struck down on the spot, you know. And in 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 Congress, uh, I mean, I haven't I haven't been to the Capitol, but. Uh, in, in the room there, there's the, the 
statue or the facade up there of Moses and the Ten Commandments in Congress. You know, there's there's biblical biblical principles, principles all yes, over all over that America. building. Yeah. Paintings and statues yes. and biblical scriptures and verses all over all that building. Over. Yeah. I've always seen that about America. Yeah. That's the foundation. Yeah, it was founded. It was yeah. founded on these things. And this arrogant so-and-so stands yes. up and says, yes. what, what God says is of no concern to this Congress. This is just how, this is the typical blasphemer. This is the blasphemer. It's dethroning God. It's dethroning the, it's, it's dethroning the presence of God. Yeah. That is dangerous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That I mean, man. They're in trouble. Has, yeah. They don't realize. That man has no idea. Any minute they're going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. He has no idea how uh, thin ice he is walking on. Them. Yeah. The thin ice he is walking on. Verse. Um, Verse 2 continues, in the last day society where situational ethics are ruling, where there are no moral absolutes, where uncivil behavior and foul derogatory language is prevalent, in the midst of this there will be an epidemic of disobedience to parents. Now this um, word disobedient is translated from the Greek word apathes, and it means no longer able to persuade, control, lead, or exercise authority over. A loss of control, a lack of ability to persuade or lead on the part of parents. The Holy Spirit prophesies that in the last day society, parents will lose their authority to lead their own children. Instead of leading their children, they are trying to negotiate with them. Well, there's, yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing more pitiful than to go, go up the street here on a Saturday afternoon and see one or two adults standing on the sidewalk with a two-year-old who's screaming because they didn't get something they wanted or they didn't get their way or they didn't get to go, you know, where they wanted to go or something. And uh, two adults are standing there trying to negotiate with a two-year-old. To me, that is, that is so pitiful. I mean, it's just so pitiful. You know, I just kind of cross the street and walk, walk across the other side, you know. Um, Contributing to this is the abandonment of biblical child training with the secular parenting approach substituted now that uh, in the psychology magazines uh, there's a, a, a big push uh, for the secular parenting which has now replaced biblical child training uh, where the parent becomes a friend of the child. They, they, they want to be a buddy. Just be a buddy with your child, not, not a parent figure, uh, just, just a buddy, a friend. Uh, and this creates an environment where nobody's in charge. 
The parent is no longer a, a loving, trusted, respective, authoritative leader who sets boundaries. In this environment, it becomes difficult to enforce rules and standards. But it would. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the modern approach to child training. Just be a, be a buddy with your child. Uh, no boundaries, uh, no uh, moral guidelines, uh, no authority. No authority. Yeah, let them be themselves. No authority. Let them make their own decisions. What do you feel like doing? Do you want to go out or do you want to yeah, stay in? Ask the children what they want. Yeah. What What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the abandonment of parental authority is widespread in today's society. At the end of the age, children will become unpersuadable, uncontrollable, and unleadable. Um, he or she will not submit to the authority or leadership of another. Uh, occasionally, we hear about court cases where children have sued, they've taken their parents to court and they've sued them because they didn't want to do something their parents wanted them to do, they wanted to make their own decisions. Uh, they, they disrespectfully reject their parents' leadership, claiming their own rights to make their own decisions. Uh, now we see uh, schools, uh, organizations going behind the back of parents uh, uh, allowing children to make life-altering decisions. Um, at the same time, we see a rapid decline in the rights of parents to lead and exercise authority over their own children. Um, so, so this is part of uh, government schools uh, taking away parental rights. Yes. And now children are allowed, uh, you know, four or five years old, six years old, allowed to make life-altering decisions that are going to affect them the rest of their life, and the parents know nothing about it. They may stumble across it somehow later on. Um, I saw a, um, an appeal uh, by a, uh, um, on a radio show, uh, a lady uh, they interviewed, she was, I think she was originally from Eastern Europe, uh, but she had lived, she had married and she had lived in America and her husband got transferred in his job from America to some Scandinavian country. And I think they had three kids and the oldest daughter had given them some behavioral problems at home. And uh, so one of the things, uh, one of the things they did, they took her mobile phone away from her. Uh, I don't know, maybe a day. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how, for how long it was. But they, all they did was take her mobile phone away from her. Uh, so obviously, I guess, what, what she was involved in had something to do with her mobile phone. And they were trying to protect her, I suppose. The girl goes to school the next day and she tells the, the teacher that her parents have taken her mobile phone away from her. The next thing that happens, the child services come to the door, come to the, the family home, and they take all the children away oh. from the parents. Oh my God. Not just the girl, oh no. all three children. Oh. 
And not only do they take all three children out of the home, they separated all three children. Oh. They didn't even oh. keep them together. Oh. They didn't even keep them together. Oh, my God. And obviously, now, within a matter of hours, this girl realizes, boy, have I goofed up royally. And then the next thing you know, she's on her phone or whatever, apologizing, regretting, saying, I, I was wrong, I didn't really mean it, blah, 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 you know, I shouldn't have done it, uh, but it's too late. And now this, these people at that time had gone like three years and they could not get their children back. And, and she was actually appealing a, making an appeal to America oh. to get involved to try to help her get yeah. her children yeah. back. And yeah. I, I never heard any more about it. But oh. this is just the tip of the, this is just one example. Oh, I believe this oh. is happening all the time. The yeah, this yeah. This, if this is not end times stuff, I don't know what it is. It's just appalling. Um, in the last day society, there will be a lack of respect for authority in general, including parents, police, military, teachers, ministers. Authority is undermined through films, mainstream and social media, and real life examples. And this brings up the question once again, where is the church? Even Christians and entire churches have allowed the secular world to influence their biblical view. And as a result, standards have been lowered in order to accommodate people, even family members, who are living outside God's will and God's ways. At best, uh, you think about Christ, uh, children in Christian families, let's say they spend maybe two hours in church a week in, in, a, in a godly, a Christian environment. How many hours a week are they spending out there in the, in the school environment? 30, 35 hours a week in an environment where there are no moral absolutes, uh, situational ethics rule, and biblical discipline and correction is non-existent. They're spending 35 hours a week in that environment and only two hours a week in, in church, maybe, uh, where they have a, a godly influence and, um, you know, not, that, not even that many hours at home. Even if they have a godly influence at home, uh, the time they spend at home is far less than the time they spend in school. The Holy Spirit is alerting us to these events in order to take action. He's alerting us to be on our guard that these vices don't slip into our own lives and family. So just because this is a society that we're living in, uh, it, doesn't have a, it doesn't have to happen to us and our family. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be alerted to these things to prepare us. So we need to make the Word of God the foundation and the final authority in our lives. Uh, you know, if, if you've made mistakes, just ask for forgiveness. Repent, you know, step yeah. forward in strength. Ask God for forgiveness. Step forward in strength. Assume your place of authority in your home and family. 
and build a barricade of protection around your house with the word of God and keep this nonsense out. Amen? Yes.